Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. How? And how are you? Oh, that's, that's my I question. Started, <laughs> my bad. Back up. Um, how am I? I am okay. Okay. It's been, mm-hmm. been a while. Um, but this week... On Thursday, um, Dan took me, first of all, he took me to Sonic. Love Sonic. Right. Um, he had never actually done, like, the car hop part before. Oh, that's so nice. So we did that. And then we went to the History Museum, to the Japanese Garden, where all the cherry trees are. And it was, like, the last week, so, like, half of them had already, like, kind of died a little bit but yeah. they were still beautiful and I got some really good pictures um which it's also cute that that's where my parents had their wedding pictures oh I love that yeah and then he drove me to work so that I didn't have to find a parking spot and I could spend more time with him and then he picked me up from work stop yeah it was so very cute. sweet it was very sweet He's kind I was of hoping a, to get out to the botanical gardens this spring. I didn't make it. Now it's hot, so uh, that does kind of ruin things. I love, yeah. I love the botanical gardens, but I'm just kind of enjoying the weather and trying to not want to cry all the time. Totally. It's funny. On Thursday when we were in the car, I, like, put on, like, a summer drive playlist while we were driving down the street and everything. And I literally just go, I'm so sorry. And he was like, why? I go, it's really just almost pathetic, the level of, like, a different person I become when there is sunshine. Like, I'm literally not the same person when it is nice out. And he was like, it's okay. I like the other person, too. Mm. I'm not a nice person when the sun comes out. Oh my god, I'm so much better. That that no. vitamin D, that vitamin D turns me into like a whole brand new person. I'm I'm angry when it's hot. Um, which if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, <laughs> you know, we've done this through summer. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> sure was. How are you? I am also a new person for different reasons. Um, I quit the bar on Thursday. Yes, you did. And it was kind of bittersweet. Like I have, I still have four shifts left. Like one, one is today in two hours, three hours. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of sad. And all of my favorites were coming in. John, who was in Strange Loop, came in, and uh, bless his heart, he's my favorite and then marshall davis who's currently in goodnight oscar but was in Enomo, is also very kind i was he was like asking me how things were going and how things were going in my life and i was like well i put in my notice today and he was like oh my god congratulations what are you doing so i was like telling him and he was like i just want to connect with you and stay connected and follow your journey and i was like that's so kind i love so, that i'm a bittersweet and i will be there all the time i'm sure because it's, it's near all the theaters so i'll yeah. just go there as a patron as opposed to uh, making money i'll be spending money but it's fine um because we need to yeah, do more of that well of course of course what else will we do um 
But I also next week am going, <laughs> we're recording today on a Saturday morning before I go to work because I'm on a plane in 24 hours to <laughs> go to Nashville for the Music Biz Conference. And I'm so stoked. I will not be a person when you hear this. I will be back and I will not be a person. Um, I'll be so tired, but it's really fun. I'm going to get to see um, Deb, who I worked for in New Orleans. This episode won't come out until after we've recorded the next set of episodes. So you'll be back yeah. and dead and alive again. Still dead. No, I don't know oh, if okay. I'll be alive again. I think it's <laughs> going to take a couple of weeks. Like, I'm okay. thinking June is my next my next stepping. All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> um, but all of those things are also true that you said there will be more recording before this episode comes out. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I get to see Deb again, which is fun. I haven't seen her in a few years because of the pandemic and whatnot. And I'm going to a private tour of the Grand Ole Opry archives. And I am so stoked. Like, we're going to their, like, main office because we work with them. And so they invited us to come over and have breakfast. And they're going to take us to their private archives. And then we're also going to see the, like, regular Opry on our own time because it's much less scheduled it's every 15 minutes new tour starts yeah um, and i'm gonna try and go to tootsies um which is like the original honky tonk and we're gonna do the go try and get to the open mic which is like the famous one at bluebird on monday so i'm just like i have no idea where any of my clothes are i don't even know what i need to pack i have to find a swimsuit because we have a pool and i will not be not at the pool right i've been oh, oh god it's been so long stepping in a pool I think we opened my pool this week. Oh, so jealous. So jealous. Um, of course, I don't know if the, it's clean. Like, I don't know if I can actually go in it or if it's just full and it still needs to be treated for the summer. But, like, it does have water in it. <laughs> that's so. Hey, look, that's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm I'm in a very sleepy place today in a very busy place today. But while everything is chaos, it's all coming out on the other side everything's coming up roses so good. feeling very positive about 24 hours from now nice but yeah so um you know what else would help me with this positive attitude and make it through the next 24 hours where i won't be sleeping because i'll be packing and whatnot that spirituality it is indeed it is indeed um so this this quote I feel like really oh speaks. <laughs> no, Your face. I feel like, uh, it feels like it really speaks to the episode that we're about to talk about, oh, um, which is distressing. But um, the quote I have today for spirituality says, "True love is like ghosts, which everyone talks about and few have seen." Francois de la Rochefoucauld. Yeah, that is not helpful today that's very sad it's very sad okay so forget everything i said about spirituality helping me make it through the next 24 hours because they don't have <laughs> me just like in bed but it's fine it was beautiful it was beautiful and it was true and it yeah. is very, very um, tied in yeah it's very timely um gosh it's very sad um but it's fine so that said, I want to give a preface before we start this episode because I did not realize that this is like the darkest episode of American Horror Story, the entire series. Like, sure, a lot of bad things happen in the future. A lot of like weird stuff happens, but 
this is probably the worst episode of the entire series. Um, um, Emotion-wise. Emotional. um, And specifically for... I mean, not that it's not for everybody, but specifically for people who work with kids, it's... Yeah, I'm going to give, like, a real preface. I want to let you know, like, this story opens up with a Columbine-esque reenactment, essentially, as the beginning of the story. And so, if that's not for you and you haven't watched this episode yet, um, skip the first 10 minutes. You're not going to miss enough. You know what happens based on the end of the last episode, and we'll talk about it here. But it wasn't easy for me to watch and i'm not a teacher or involved in any type of school shootings so it was really 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 hard for me to watch and um also uh dan relented to watching it with me today um which was not good because not only is he just as emotionally empathetic with kids he didn't see last week's episode to know that it was was coming. coming yeah so it was a it was a difficult morning. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rough episode, and I totally totally get people wanting to either skip the full episode or again skip the first ten minutes. It really doesn't go back into it after that. So, oh. um, but yeah. So, warning, trigger warning. I'll put it in the notes before it comes out, just so we're and by me, I Mary Kate will put it in the notes before it comes out, so that you know everyone is prepared for what they're getting into um and on that note this is american horror story season one episode six and i forgot this is one of the only seasons that's 12 episodes not 10 so we're actually halfway through now i said that last week and i was lying oh i thought um, it was 10 also because every other season's 10 but this is being the first season it's different i guess I um but yeah so but again this is the most difficult episode through the entire... I mean, there's emotions and stuff, and people die, of course, throughout the others, but it's just not the same. It's okay. So, hang in there. Um, it is called Piggy Piggy, which is why I forgot that this episode was, was about the shooting, episode? because I remembered the second half of the episode. Yeah, um, the, the other, like, storyline, also incredibly upsetting for no reason. Yeah, it's also it's upsetting, but that's a little more along the lines of like typical American horror story. <laughs> it's funny because I was explaining to Dan, I was like a lot of the stuff with like the house being messed up and demons and like all of these like serial killer things. They're not like they're horror. They're scary. They're weird. They're not upsetting. Everything in this episode was genuinely upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you're here for a wild ride. Um, the It aired November 9th of 2011. If you listened to last week's Sci-Fi Sunday, it was rated 7.9 out of 10, just like Stargate for the fourth week in a row. Like, there's something happening with these two yeah. shows. Um, yeah, number one song is still Someone Like You by Adele. The number one movie is Immortals. I do not know that movie, I recognized a lot of the cast, and I even went and watched the trailer, and I was like, I don't know what this is. Um, so I don't from 2011 because I thought there was a TV show called The Immortals that there very well is. could be, and I think I've there, seen that. Yeah, but that's more recent. Yes. Yeah. Do not know this uh, film at all. I mean, it's got uh, Henry Cavill as Theseus, though, so like I should right. watch it. 
It's got everyone's in it. Like, it's got a stacked cast. It's just... Oh, I'm so sorry. You're telling me Luke Evans, Henry Cavill, and Callum Lutz as, like, Greek gods, and I have not seen it? Right, Joseph And and Joseph Morgan? I told you. I told you. I don't understand where this movie is. I think they hit it. I think that it's... A Mandela effect, and it didn't actually exist, and now they're going back. They're like, "Oh, JK existed." Now that I'm looking at this cast, Ryan Reynolds is in it. That's not true, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, Luke Evans' packs look fucking amazing. I love Luke Evans, but Luke Evans, Henry Cavill, Joseph Morgan. Yeah, I know. I know. It's wild. So this movie apparently exists. It came out in 2011, and everyone should go watch it. And I'll probably watch it. So um, one day, I'm gonna in like, three years. like one day when I have like a couple hours where I want to do nothing but like drool, maybe I'll like watch it in the winter when I need to eat myself up. <laughs> Bring back your uh, vitamin D deficiency with a uh, a different kind of vitamin D. That was I was gonna say. What's the word? The word the the hormones in your brain that like make you happy. Dopamine. Yes, when you need to up your dopamine level, it's kind of vitamin D. Dopamine. <laughs> Apparently, I have a filthy mind. You do have a filthy mind. <laughs> oh, what to do with you? And uh, a completely opposite. Um, place the number one book is the litigators by john grisham which i haven't read but it's john grisham so like probably read that too while you're while you're at it yeah maybe maybe in the summer though while you already have high dopamine levels because that probably isn't like a super happy book based on what i know about like other john grisham books i've read (laughs) so now we've got your year planned out um this day a lot of really random things happened and I don't I didn't really know where to approach it. So I just took okay. them all. Okay. And we're just gonna learn about everything that happened this day. Perfect. Um it is a wild ride. So it was the forty fifth CMA Awards, the Country Music okay. Awards. Okay. And it was like the epitome of country music awards. Taylor Swift won singer songwriter, and then okay. both Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert won for uh singer songwriters for their specific genres so like they're still married at this time this is 2011 so this is a very strange time a very specific time i feel like in country music yes um shakira won the latin recording artist person of the year uh this is also the year of the 2011 thailand floods disaster Um, it was the the first ever national test for the emergency alert system happened today. Oh my God. It's such a weird day, right? Like so, so many things are weird. worldwide. So and like weird. Ed Lee was uh, elected the first Asian American mayor of San Francisco. Okay. And last but certainly not least. And this, if you, you don't know what time we're in, this will bring you right back to it. Joe Paterno and Graham I forgot his name. Graham, whatever. It, they're not good people. Were fired from Penn State in light of the Jerry Sandusky um, sexual misconduct. Okay. I remember explicitly learning about this while I was in an English class in college. Like, <laughs> this is, it brought me back to the time. Um, do you, are you not familiar with what I'm saying? 
No, I am. I am. Okay. I just don't. I just don't remember having a huge um, emotional connection to it. Probably because we had different focuses in college. Right. Um, and uh, I had also just left working in football like six yeah. months before, so I was right. also very into like college football and very wrapped up and it's like i was familiar with like everything you you lived in the south which means that you knew what college football was i went to a school school that only started having boys at it in the 70s and we did not have a football team if you could have let if you wanted to know what was happening in men's um volleyball in the years 2010 or 2011 i could tell you everything well, I was also starting my volleyball career at this time. That's when I was doing intramural volleyball. Um, so, but only Division Three. Sorry, Division One. No idea. Still don't know. Um, um, we were just intramural. I don't know anything about outside <laughs> of our schools. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I, the words you're saying are familiar. I vaguely remember this happening. I know now, as someone who actually pays attention to football, that that's like a a thing. It was like a really big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but but I I have no emotional connection to it. Interesting. Wow. I did. And it really put a damper on Penn State for quite a while. Um, I'm sure people still reference it. And that was oh, I'm what sure, you're no, they, 12 they, years ago. They do. And it's it's not yeah. a good thing. And it's it's one of those things where, like, I probably should care more than I do. Yeah. But also, like, it feels like the past for you because you weren't involved when it happened. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't involved when it happened. I just was <laughs> aware of that. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit farther for me, but it's one of my really good friends went to Penn State at the time, and so it's very oh, strange. Very strange. Yeah, I didn't know him then. I know him now, but he right. went to Penn State then. Um, the director is Michael Uppendahl, who's known for American Horror Story, Walking Dead, and Mad Men. So okay. got like some legit credits behind him. Yeah, there is no information about him as a human. I, I'm sure I he's love lovely. That. But he is working on the upcoming show that I'm really stoked about, Mayfair Witches. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's It comes out this year. Okay. It seems like it's going to be really good, so I'm ready. Um, the writer is Jessica Scharzer, who is known for Speak, American Horror Story, The Wormhole, and Nerve. And aside from American Horror Story, I've only seen Nerve, and it was a really good movie. It was a I, I haven't heard of any it. of those. No, I haven't so, heard, even heard of them. Nerve came out at the time when all of those other films came out where they were like truth or dare style. So they were like, we dare you to do all these things. You have to get to the like, end oh, of the line okay. yeah, or you yeah, die, yeah. basically. And so yeah, it came I out hated, in that time. I hated time. that genre. Oh, I love that genre. So I've seen them all. So I saw this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, that's all I know about her. Um, our editor is Adam Penn, who we've talked about before. Right. And then our guest star, as you can imagine, is Eric Stonestreet, who plays Derek. And he's known for The Loft, Almost Famous, The Secret Life of Pets, and of course, Modern Family. Um some fun facts about him because he does have a very broad presence um as you can imagine um tina fey was his teacher at chicago's second city which is why he's probably so funny 
Yeah. Um, he is part owner of the Kansas City Royals. I did know that, actually. Oh, I did not know that. Which um, he is very, very, very big in the Kansas City baseball scene, or um, obviously for owning, but in general in Kansas City in sports. He was one of the people who was announcing Kansas City's draft picks for the draft last oh, month. Oh, I didn't realize that because he's from Kansas City, so it makes Correct. sense. But like, Correct. I did not know. Yes, he um, and his wonder- boy, he he and his boys were on stage for a lot of the draft picks, and I was like, oh. "God damn it, Eric! Why do you have to be a KC fan? I hate them." <laughs> That's very cute, though. I was. I'm wondering if he's the reason that the Royals player was on Dancing with the Stars, because it's all the same family of ABC. Maybe that the, he was really his story was really great, though. I think they just kind of pick people who have really interesting stories that people actually give a shit about instead of no, they do. Like, sometimes they're just like you're really famous, but other times they're like you're really famous, but also your life was kind of shitty and like please tell your story and raise yeah. awareness. Yeah, which is always very nice. Um, Speaking of Dancing with the Stars, Dancing with the Stars is coming back officially, and because last season did so badly, I no no no, they haven't announced it yet. Yes, when Len died, I cried. But Len had already announced his retirement. I know, yeah, he was sick. But they their last season did so badly being on Disney Plus that when it comes back, it's back to ABC. It's still going to be on Disney. but It's back to ABC and Hulu. They haven't. They have not announced any cast members yet or how they're doing the judging this year. But um, they did announce that they got picked back up by ABC because the ratings were so bad on Disney. So they they haven't listed like who the judges are going to be or if like Tyra Banks is still the host. Not not that I've seen. Not she's an executive producer, so I don't think we have a fucking choice. I know, uh, but like I just like I I didn't watch it when she was on there. I haven't watched it in like three or four seasons, but it got such yeah. bad bad reviews, and so I feel like it surely, did. Like as an executive producer, you want the reviews to go up because you're making oh, money off of it. Did so, did they? Yeah. Oh wait, no, they did. Hold on, it's unknown. Blah blah blah. Dancing with the stars. Um. Wait. Tyra Banks will not be returning. Um, in a surprise announcement, Tyra Banks will not. In a surprise oh. announcement on March 17, 2023, former supermodel Tyra Banks announced she would be quitting the Disney Plus reality series to spend more time behind the camera. Yeah, that, that's the smart business move. Correct. Um, so Alonzo, Alfonso Ribeiro will be the main, <gasps> the only I, host this I year. I did see that. I did see that. I'm um, sorry. I didn't know that was happening. Because he was the co-host last season. Um, mm-hmm. And now he is going to be um, the main yeah. host. And, and Julianne Huff is taking his position as the co-host, as like the, the secondary host. So oh. Julianne is not going to be a judge. She's going to be judge. a host. Um. So Carrie Ananaba. So Carrie Ananaba and Bruno Tanioli and Derek Hoff. Um, oh, it's yeah. Un- okay. It says it's, it's unknown whether any additional judges will be added in the place of the departing Len Goodman. Um, they used to have three and they only added four right. so that Len and Derek. Because Derek came in on the yeah. season where Len took a break. Yeah. And then when Len came back, they didn't want to fire Derek. So they had right. four judges. But the scores don't work as well with four judges. No. So I, I think, think they might sense. just I think they might just keep it to the three. Um, right. But um, I, as far as I know, they have not announced the cast. Oh, wait, two days ago they announced the <laughs> cast? 
oh my god where have i been actually i've been really busy for the last two days so like that's very valid um but um charlie albone from a better home and gardens landscaper no idea who that is means nothing Um, to me christy whelan brown is an actor that name Um, sounds familiar yeah um emily weir also an actor gavin wanganine are you sure this is the correct one this no this seems like nope just kidding this is the australian version i was like that's why none of these names are sounding familiar because that is the australian version um they have not won or announced the dancing with the stars cast yet okay well stay tuned i'm sure we'll talk about it we always do it every year every season yes um, um yeah i will i will find out when that's gonna happen but yes no i was reading those names and i go none of these are famous and then i was like that's because this is the australian cast yeah, um yeah i had one last final fact about eric so street before we spiraled on dancing with the stars as we tend yep. to do yep. um he also studied criminal justice to be a prison administrator which i, I found that. very interesting and um, there was a okay. quote that he didn't know he was going to become such a big gay icon, but he was like, yeah, fine. So Eric Stone Street falls in the same category as um, Eric. Why well, can't I think McCormick. of his name? McCormick. Yes. In mm-hmm. my favorite humans who managed to be straight men who unironically and un um, stare or an un offensively played gay men mm-hmm. so well that no one believes that they're straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas someone like matt bomber was the opposite correct yeah. like but there's always I, I see a lot of times that they're like you should only ever have gay c- characters played by gay actors and while i absolutely agree that there are some things that you mm-hmm. can't understand unless you're part of that community and inclusivity and like characters and like i totally get like you should not have a trans character or a non-binary character played by someone who doesn't know that experience sure. or because because it's not the same mm-hmm um sometimes people like eric stone street prove that if you're a good actor you're just a fucking good actor yeah so and it's and it's different i think when it comes to someone like eric stone street eric mccormick who like you said are not offensive they are not like oh my god i'm not gay like i only know that he's not gay because i looked him up one day and saw he had a wife like so it's never been like an issue of their personality and they've never like right. kind of fought against the, st- the like stigma that came with yeah. everything and yeah which was which seems very good and i think it has done i think it's done more for the gay community than against it so which is yeah. nice um me too but yeah so um and before we get started i also wanted to note i said there's a new show coming out with kate mara it's called class of 09 and it's started coming out now I it was the banner on Hulu when yep. I opened it the other day. Yep. <laughs> that was that's what happened to me today. I was like, this one. <laughs> this is the one. So I just wanted to make a note of that. So if you're looking for Kate Mara, that's where you'll find her. Not necessarily okay. under a gazebo, which you may also find her there. Um hopefully sorry. not. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, so we start this episode, like I said, with a flashback to 1994. And Constance still lives in this house. And we come, it starts with her opening the door to police. 
Um, so we go to the school and just kind of as a brief overview, it's essentially, like I said, a reenactment of what Columbine was talked about being. Some were true. Some things were untrue that came out. So it's hard to tell exactly which parts are true and which parts aren't. But that is what we get. And yeah, so I'm not really going to get into semantics because we're all familiar with that, especially yeah, even only, with the recent school shootings and whatnot. Yeah, the only note that I made was that it's not that I didn't know it happened. I was just very upset that they showed it. Like they had already yeah. made it clear what had happened. I didn't love them showing it. That's why I had forgotten that they did show it in this episode because I was like, oh, that's it. That's all. Because I like had forgotten about that. Because yeah, um, it's like even the police coming to the house and what happens with Tate and Constance's reaction, like, fine, that's upsetting, but show it. I don't feel right. The only the only thing that we saw in the shooting scene that gave us any context later was the fact that the teacher didn't die. Yeah. Right. And that is mm, unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So while I do always talk about my love for American Horror Story, I'm also here to let you know that sometimes they don't get it right. And I don't think this is one of those moments where they got it right. Yeah. Um, It was icky and unnecessary and uncomfortable, especially at the time, especially now. Like, just, Mm -hmm. yeah, things haven't changed. Especially because, so um, you, we are recording this on May 13th. Um, this episode won't come out till May 25th, but we're recording this on May 13th. And if you will remember one year ago, tomorrow was the, the shooting in Buffalo. So like, I'm super not living my best life about this. Yeah. But then we go back to the house. Tate is sitting on the bed like a psychopath and all the police barge in and we get to the credits. And that part I felt like was fine. That could be included. And that was a a great lead up to the credits. And even like showing that they still lived in the house when it happened and that Constance was unaware of it and her being bombarded by the police, like fine. All well and good. All well and good. Um, Now we're in present day and Violet is learning about the school shooting and that Tate is dead and not alive. And this is also something I did find a bit distasteful this is part of the trivia but the articles she was reading were all true articles from columbine that they had edited to fit this specific scene and i I don't like that very tasteful yeah Yeah. i don't like that you could have done they didn't show the words in the articles enough for it to be worth having done that that's yeah that's distasteful so i agree um yeah so then she of course is losing her mind she starts looking for her mom and she finds Constance. Um, and Constance is like, oh, so you found out about Tate. And she's like, it wasn't really his fault. This house led him to murder. Which I find that fascinating because we've... T- and that's one of the reasons why everything in this whole episode was just so upsetting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I t- made a note about that because we did not... We did not bat an eye when Larry admitted to killing his wife and child because the house made him crazy. Mm-hmm. We didn't even, like, we were like, wow, that's fucked up. Can't believe he did that and moved on. But for some reason with what Tate did, because of the history of school shootings and because of Columbine and because of all of these emotional mm-hmm. connections we have, it is so much more of a guttural stop. 
But why couldn't the house have driven him to this if it did to Larry that? And like, you know what I, I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah. I think it very well did. But also when it comes to like the difference between Larry and Tate, we didn't like watch his family burn and it wasn't a straight reenactment of oh, something no, no, that, you know, we'd all I'm, experienced. I'm and- still, I'm still mad at the show for showing it a hundred percent. I still blame the show for showing that, but we, but I'm just saying the emotional reaction that oh. as a viewer to the fact that Tate did actually commit this horrible crime that he like was talking about in his first yeah. um, therapy session is <sighs> I had to take a second and breathe because I rem- I realized that like I was putting my own feelings about teens and their mental health in a different like it was making me look at this situation differently than I was looking at Larry's situation which is not fair. I think it's common though because most horror films we don't see a lot of school shootings in horror. We see people killing their wives. Yeah. We see people burning down houses. So it's, we're more exposed to that. And, you know, and especially with like true crime, you, that's what you see a lot of is that what people are talking about. Oh my people God. Talk about which, it because it is more prevalent. Which, which reminds me of the craziest fucking true crime thing that happened this week. Lori Vallow's verdict. Was that the author? Children's book author? No, you tell me and then I'll tell you. So this woman, her husband died last year and she wrote a children's book about how like, it's okay. And dad's still here to help her three sons cope. And then this week it, they proved that she's the one who fucking murdered him. She put five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his Moscow mule, let him die and then called the cops after changing the insurance policy to make her the sole benefactor and not her kids. And then profiting off a children's book about his death. I thought you were going to tell me about the wo- the woman who wrote the book, How to Kill Your Husband, and then killed her husband. No. This lady wrote a book called Dad's oh my Still God. Here. Like, he's still here about coping with their, their her kid's dead dad, but she That's killed so him. so messed up. Well, this doesn't get better, but this is the Lori Vallow Daybell case that's been going on for three years now, where mm. her kids went missing, and it was her oh. and Chad Daybell. They found oh, yeah, them yeah, yeah, yeah. buried in the backyard. And um, her verdict was read yesterday, and I watched it live, and she's guilty of everything. She was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder to both her kids and Chad's wife or ex-wife. I don't know their status. And she was found guilty of murder for all of them as well. So good riddance. Justice yeah. was served. Took three years, but here we are. We made it. Um, I think Chad's case is still, like, he's next to be sentenced. Yeah, well, but. this this author lady, I can't even remember her name because I'm just so baffled by the whole thing. She was arrested this week, so they haven't even gone to trial yet. So so I'm sure it will be all mm. over the place. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see it soon. Wow, that is just wild. This has been a wild week. Um, so, like Personally and in the world. Like, Correct. It's been a wild it's week. Correct. Um, yeah. But all that to say, I think that's why it was less feeling watching Larry's because it's something we're more used to seeing and which also says a lot about us as people like it does not, it doesn't not, like, not me not you and no, me individually yeah. but like culture yeah that like that's something and it but it also kind of just like feels more less like connected as well because first of all like I haven't experienced that my dad didn't kill anyone and um like so I don't know if 
like in school shootings, I've never been in a school shooting, but I've been in a lockdown where one of the students was coming to shoot the school and they just got caught before they got there. Um, and like, you know, I've been prepped for this as like a child. So like that felt feels a little more real to me already. Yeah. And so maybe that's why, because your well, dad also hasn't killed anyone. Correct. So like, <laughs> well, no, but also as a, I, cause the other thing is as a teacher, I, obviously feel very strongly about protecting the kids in the school yeah. shooting, but as someone with mental health issues and someone who has students who works with students who have mental health issues, my strong like need to understand what is happening to Tate is like, yeah. and like, I felt bad. Cause like Dan was like, he's a psychopath. And I was like, <sighs> and then I was like, no, why am I arguing for it though? Like I immediately wanted to defend him and, that I don't know if that's wrong. Like I, it's, it's, I don't like I, how this whole episode made me feel. I get it from the standpoint of what we see in real life is a lot of people with mental health issues that are causing these shootings and whatnot. Um, I think Tate's a bit different because I do think the house is making him do it. And I think he's a psychopath because of it. So I think they tried to separate well, right. it there. Right. But um, is he a psycho? But here's the thing. If the house is turning him into a psychopath, is he actually a psychopath? Like we've already like we we it's so fucking tricky because like we know who um viv and vi and ben are without the house and then they do this crazy shit because of the house and so we like yeah. know that that's not who they really are but we only know the ghost people in their post house life and right. what and it's so it's i don't like it i don't like the yeah. the and I remember in the very first episode you and i talked about how so many people have mixed feelings about tate and i was like i will not be that person <laughs> yeah and i just said hang in there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you've made it to the mixed I've made feelings. it to the part where i don't welcome. understand welcome yeah and i think that's this is one of the things that i do like about american horror story and i think it does do well is it does bring a lot of these conversations about and does keep them on a more level ground than some other horror shows or stuff so um and it's happening that everything that's happened in the show like right like there's demon babies and ghosts and shit is a hot fucking mess and it's insane but also like there are like botched abortions and like mental health crisis and the treatment of special needs people and it's like this is all so real and painfully upsetting but also like here's a demon baby for you Right, which is why I think this has caused a lot of more horror in some people than some other things. Because everything else, you're like, oh, this demon that's like completely made up is not real. Like, I watch a movie about Krampus, and I'm like, that is not scary. I don't think Krampus is coming to get me. I watch this, and I'm like, I mean, probably a house isn't going to tell you what to do. But other than that, like, it could all very well be real, and some of it's based a lot of it's based on real stuff and like uh, and like that's the that's the other thing is like when we watched the episode that was like referencing richard speck it didn't feel as real as this but that's also something we didn't live through right we went around when that happened and so it's yeah and, I, I mean i was really young when columbine happened but like i grew up in the aftermath i didn't grow up in the aftermath of richard speck you know so right like Ser the serial killers of the 70s are things that we study, but not things that we lived. But the school shootings of the 90s and 2000s are things that we lived. Exactly. 
towel. And so I wonder if we were, you know, teenagers in the seventies, if we would feel differently, differently. you know, like about the Richard Speck stuff and everything. Um, There's no way to know. No way to know. We don't know anyone that's from the seventies. Well, I mean, I'm just kidding. I know people who were alive in the seventies. I know. I know. No, my aunt watches the show and she's, she hasn't seemed to have the same all feelings about stuff like Richard Speck or anything. So I don't know that it would have the same outcome. Yeah. Um, but it's also a one-off and it's like, you watch this and you're like, Richard Speck, he was one guy and his was very specific. This very specific scene has never happened again. There have been other serial killers, of course. Yeah, but also anything that happened that has to do with kids hits people differently. It does. And, like, the fact that it's so prevalent still, like, it's the same scene over and over. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still happening over and over. Like, and I'm sure there are similarities throughout, you know, different shootings. Um, So I didn't mean to spiral on that, but here we are. Um, Where was I? Okay, we've, so we've only we've only gotten as far as like Violet finding Constance in the kitchen. Yeah, it's okay. Everything else kind of moves a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so Constance takes Violet home with her to talk to her, and this is where we meet Sarah Paulson and Billy, Billy Dean Howard, who is played by Sarah Paulson. And I did not talk about her this episode because Eric Stone Street was our guest, and Sarah Paulson will have many, 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 many many more episodes of American Horror Story, so do not worry. We will get to her. Um, And, fun fact, this is not the only season that has Billy Dean Howard. I will tell you no more than that. But Interesting. So, um, we find out she's making a lifetime pilot because she's a medium. An journalistic-esque medium. Um, And they're talking about she found that out because of her housekeeper at the time came to her when she died. And then Constance makes this remark and she just says, it's hard to, it's uh, what she say. It's hard to keep good help. And I was like, you killed your maid. Like, and you then couldn't keep good help because you killed her. And now she's been with that house for a thousand years. Not that many, obviously, because Constance still alive, but um, it was, that was very funny to me. Yeah. Um, Billy Dean also confirms that Tate doesn't know he's dead. That, might have been the most mind-fucking thing for me the whole episode. Yeah. Because we had talked about it, and it's like, he really seems like he doesn't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we but, literally just said that he genuinely has no memory of killing these people and, like, what is happening. Yeah. The fact that he doesn't even know he's dead. But that also confuses me into the why he wouldn't sleep with Vi, because I thought he wasn't going to have sex with her because he knew that he was dead and that he couldn't, like, do that with her as a person. But I so I think a mental health I, concern. I think I think the fact that he was like I don't know because of the medicine and how he was feeling that is actually valid. I I yeah. thought it might be an excuse, but now that I know that he has no idea what's going on, I think he it is actually valid. But also, I mean, I think he's also nervous because he's a teenager who thinks they're still a teenager who's never had a relationship before, and like, so I think there are a lot of there's a lot of factors that yeah, play yeah, into yeah. it. Aside from him being dead, which is a big one, but he doesn't know that. Right. Um, and Violet just, like, immediately refuses to believe anything. I was like, okay, Violet. She doesn't, except for that she absolutely does because um, yeah. her, Billy Dean says something about what her, the, her grandma's last words. Yeah. 
And those are kind of ominous. And I don't remember if we find out more about that, but I hope we do because I do not remember that. So we'll see if that comes back or if that's just a little peek into her life we never hear about again. We'll see. Um, So we go to Vivian and she's, we don't realize it at first, but she's having a weird dream about the baby. I was and so she's like, confused. I literally it was, was such like, a weird moment. Out, out loud, I was like, the fuck? And Dan was like, why was she not pregnant? I go, not that pregnant? I go, plus, she's pregnant with a demon baby. And then you saw the hands moving. He goes, oh, oh, I see. And I go, yeah, something is. And then she woke it's up from the dream. She woke up from the dream. And I go, oh, thank God. And he goes, what? I go, don't worry. It's still a demon baby. That part's not real. Or not fake. Yeah. No, that part's <laughs> not an issue. That's not an issue here. Um, yeah, but. Oh, and so she wakes up, has to dream about the demon baby and calls the police. Obviously, she just wants to see him. There is no, nothing happening. She's obsessed with him. Yeah. Because also, as soon as he gets there, she's like, I kicked my husband out. Like, nothing. She's bad. like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. And uh, then we find out that his wife also cheated on him. So now they're, like, basically married. Um, right. But, but then Ben walks in. Because, of course, And she's like, why are you here? And he's we, like, I have to go to work. Yeah, but before he like gets real into this conversation about work, we learn that Hayden never made it to the police station, which we obviously saw. Yeah. But she so he tells him he's like, definitely keep your security alarm on because who knows what's gonna happen. She may try to kill everyone. It's yeah. fine. And then he just like is on his way. But Ben's still using this as as his office because he doesn't have any money. So he can't and, just like rent another office right and vivian is pissed but she's also like i like obviously you have nowhere else to go so you're gonna have to do this and i was like i want to punch him in the face and she sets the strictest boundaries and she's like you're in for your clients as soon as they're out you're out this and that and don't she, go this way don't do that like, she literally she's like she's like you will be involved in your children's lives because i happen to think you're a really good dad but i'm not your friend and we are not and i was like yeah she's like i'll just be there Right. But I also, I did appreciate that because like, yes, like there is, a, it's going to be a nasty divorce and they are not happy. But like sure. some, sometimes when things like that happen, people get really bitter and angry and pretend that their partner was never a good parent just yeah. because they weren't a good partner. And I was really grateful mm-hmm. that she was like, no, you are a great dad, but also fuck you. You just suck as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we go to Violet and she starts cutting again. Which she had stopped when she was getting close to take because she didn't feel alone. Then she has this like image of her slitting her own throat, which is upsetting. That was, um, I almost but, vomited. I was trying to eat my cereal. But then Tate shows up and it turns out it was all in her head. She did not do it. Um, and we go to Ben and Derek. And this is where we see Eric Stone Street for the first time. Um, yeah. I might kind of talk to these a little quicker just because we're yeah. up with some time. Um, so Derek talks about his biggest fears being essentially urban legends. Um, he's like, which one? He's like, all of them. Candyman. Like, all of these things. And then he says, but specifically, Piggy Piggy, which are the Piggy Man, which I had never heard of before. I have you heard never of that heard one? of, no. I've heard of, like, Pigman Road. Right, yes. I've heard of that. But, like, we did a whole urban legends episode. I've never heard of this guy. So, for I don't know if it was made me. up for a horror story. I didn't, I didn't look it up. Yeah. Um, 
basically he's a hog butcher who used to dress as a pig to befriend pigs before he killed them and slaughtered them. And one day he slipped and fell and the hogs ate him alive. So, you know. But, but then all his customers started going missing and apparently he is he was, just like murdering them in their bathrooms when they say you're piggy piggy in the mirror, yeah. which is the fucking weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. He was slaughtering them and hanging them like he did pigs in the butcher shop, which is just very strange. It's just a very strange thing. Um, yeah, it sounds very similar to Candyman, aside from the like hanging in the bathtub thing. Yeah, but like you have to call. It, I mean, same thing like Beetlejuice, all these other things, Bloody Mary. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then he like has the visual of him like seeing him in the back, and at first I was like, I can't tell if this is a flashback to him actually calling him, or if it was a nightmare. Right. I couldn't tell if he was a ghost or if he was having a nightmare. I was like, is he another one of our dead right. people? Yeah. So it was, I was like, this is a very, like, I thought that was really well done. That I was like, I don't really know what they're telling me is happening here. But I like the unknowing. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Vivian and Mora. And, oh, so Vivian's on the phone and she's calling about the nurse who fainted. And she's like, I just want to talk to her. I want to know what's going on. Um, she saw something and she wouldn't tell me. Turns out she yeah. quit. She doesn't work uh, there anymore. Because, because good notes. Right. And then Constance shows up, and she tells her she's brought her um, offal, which is just, like, intestines. Um, and mm-hmm. I just put gross. I have gross a lot throughout this section. I um, I had a... That was the other thing that I, I had a very hard time watching a lot of this episode because of the the eating visuals. I was trying to vomit. I was, I was yeah. trying not... And I mean, trying not to vomit for most of this episode. Right. Yeah, she brought pancreas. She brought thymus. She brought <laughs> all of these things. And then um, she's like, why don't you saute it for like you used to do for me? And I was like, that's not great either. Like, but fine. So she's, uh, and Constance is like on her way out. And she's like, you got to eat up. You got to be healthy. Quote, unquote, we need that baby. I was like, okay, Constance, this is not your baby. Um, Maybe dial genu- back a bit. I genuinely, like, my only note was like, I have no idea what Constance is playing at. Like, I do not understand her endgame here, even a little bit. I never know her endgame. She's always got plans. Um, and Moira says, like, some more keeps hooks it up for. Her. She starts eating it, and she's telling her how like strong she is, and she's like, cheating is so terrible. And she says that cheating on a pregnant wife is akin to murder. And I was like, you're not like super wrong, but like, there is no actual death there. Yes, but that put into context for me the fact that, um. Constance was pregnant when she killed her husband. Yeah. And it must have been when she was pregnant with Addie. It must have been she found out she was pregnant with Addie because she wasn't showing yet. Or, yeah, because it was too long ago to have been Tate, right? No, yeah. it was. No, it was in the 80s. So Addie would have already been born. It would have been when she found out she was pregnant or, or like late seven because Addie's older than Tate. I was going to say, which one's older? I always forget. If Tate was in high school in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And Addie was a little girl outside the house in the early 70s when the twins were oh, born. Oh, that's true. So it must have been when she was pregnant with Tate, which is probably yeah. also why Tate is her favorite. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all that tracks. Um, and we're back to Ben and Derek. And Ben is taking him to the mirror in his bathroom. And this, like, this therapy. This was, 
Okay, first of all, this was this was fucked up and it got weird and I don't like it, but it was the first time that I was like, oh, maybe he actually does therapy and doesn't just like sit on the couch listening to them talk shit. I mean, yeah, but I also like don't agree with the way his style of therapy. I don't oh, think no, immersive his, therapy is immersive the therapy is not always the best idea, but like I was just glad that he wasn't falling asleep on the couch listening to his patients oh, anymore. True. Yes. Because he does a lot of like they that. were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's taking him to the mirror in the bathroom and he just turns off the light and shuts the door. I was like, that is a bit much. That's a bit much. Um, Dan, Dan just goes, why do you need the lights off? If you're just trying to get him to practice and not be scared, why the right. fuck did you turn the light off? I know. I know. I was like, no. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, why don't you just like, and you make him say all this stuff in front of the mirror. I was like, why don't you just tell him not to say those words? Like, I don't understand, but it's fine. I mean, and no, so I get it. I get it because he's trying to prove that it is an urban legend that it's not real and that he has nothing to be afraid of. Like that is but actually that feels like a lot at first. It does. It does feel like a lot to start. Um, I think maybe he should have just gotten as far as like, remember how we told you to shave and then you didn't and you just looked at your poster. Maybe let's like just mm-hmm. shave. Like, let's be in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, right. Like go look start. in a mirror. We should just like with the light on the door open like (laughs) yeah no i think that he had a good end goal but i do think he um probably moved a little quickly for um someone as clearly a mess as derek was right yeah and uh he does this and he looks in the mirror and in the bathtub the dead nurse comes out so obviously that's a little frightening and um maybe the murder house is not the the best place to try to get rid of your fears yeah, no, for sure. No way to know. And so he obviously yells, and uh, Ben comes in there, and Derek's like, "I'm broken." I was like, "No, no, you're not broken. The house is broken." Like, oh my god, that was so sad. I like wanted to. That's so sad. I know. Um, we have a brief stint with the doctor where uh, Vivian goes to do the amnio test, and she specifically asks about Down syndrome. I think she's still reeling from Addie's death. Yeah. Um, and of course, she wants to make sure nothing's "quote unquote" wrong with the baby, even though that doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with the baby. But yeah. there are some other things, life or death related, that the amnio test will check. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. doctor explained what all of the things that they're testing for are. Right. And so you know, it's not always a safe test, but as long as it is safe for the mother and child, I say yep. do it to make sure everything's in order. Because even um, even if it even if it's not something like if it's Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis or something that's not wrong, quote unquote, as in like you would not keep the baby, you also should if you have the opportunity to be prepared ahead of time for absolutely the, the ad, ad, adaptations you're going to have to have as a parent. You should be able to have the that preparation. Yeah, because you think you're preparing after you've had a baby. Absolutely not. You're lucky to get home and be awake long enough every time you need to be like no so yeah no it's it's important information to have so you can be educated and prepared yeah um, and do the best for your child especially a child with special needs who is going to need way more care than you are meant like than you could even try to mentally prepare yourself for right yeah so now violet's back with the mean girl and i never remember her name so i should call her the mean girl leah um and what is it leah yeah that's right so, and they're just bonding over fear. They're both terrified of everything now. Um, the whole speech about revelations and like, <laughs> I was like, what? yeah, I was about to say, she did this like, overall, this like short retelling of revelations. Um, and then she tells her she has these pills. And Violet, of course, takes them because she's not sleeping and she's terrified. And then she goes to the school to see where everything happened. And, like, I feel like you could have even put 
this scene in there and that's fine if you didn't include the first one yes um but she is looking around and the teacher comes up and tells her he's like this is where it happened and she's like oh you're like a hero you're the teacher and he's like sure this is what a hero looks like and he's of course like traumatized obviously from everything that happened and then she's starting to like ask about stuff and she starts yelling at him like are you kidding me she was like why are you bullshitting me like ma'am he doesn't like he doesn't owe you anything because she's asking like for justification she's like was tate always like this why did he do this and he's like i don't know man i don't know i can't say anything different and she's just like yelling at him i was like don't you think if they knew they would have done something i mean hit or miss maybe but (laughs) you know there's more of a chance they would have done something knowing than not knowing so yeah back to vivian mora and Vivian is firing Mora because she doesn't have the money and doesn't want to like finish it up. And Mora's like, it's fine. I'll work here for free. Obviously, where else is she gonna go? Right. Um, so Mora just like won't leave. And she's like, here, I'm gonna feed you more food, more of this awful food that Constance brought over. And now she's brought her a raw brain. So not a lot of uh savory items in this episode. Yeah, no, it was mm. not. I was ugh. This was honestly a harder scene to watch than than the Columbine scene. Yeah, it was uh, a <laughs> was very gross. Um, and then we go to Violet, who's looking for Tate, and she finds him finally, and yeah. tells Tate he needs to leave. And she is finding all the dead people now. The twins run behind her. She sees the nurse. She sees the people that broke into their house. Like it's just insane. Um, And then she, of course, runs out of the basement. Um, Lovey-dovey music is on. And she looks at the wall and it just says, I love you. So then she has the pills that Leah gave her. And she takes too many in order to overdose. Which, I obviously, she does not realize. Just means things would be worse. She would just be stuck there with all these people she's trying to escape. But she's a teenager. She's not thinking clearly. But thankfully, Tate comes to the rescue because he does actually care about her and he drags her to the bathroom and then, like, makes her vomit and get everything out of her system so she yeah. doesn't die. Um, we're back at Ben and Derek. And we learn that Derek has met a new girl and he wants to get better so that he can bring her home and he can yeah. have a normal life. And I was like, you're being very healthy with this. Like, you really, you're, you're doing what you gotta do to deal with what's bothering you. And Ben is like, hella harsh about everything right (laughs) it's like you are not helping um you like you're a therapist you know there's like steps you have to take you can't just yell at somebody he does not he clearly does not obviously and then vivian goes to the church to meet nurse angela who is the one that uh fainted and then quit and she's like thank you for meeting me here i didn't realize this was a church yada yada yeah Angela's like, yeah, after I saw the like unclean thing in your womb, she was like, I would not meet you anywhere that's not at a church. And then she starts calling the child the quote unquote the beast, which is like yep. the devil. And yep. um she's like losing it. So Vivian leaves, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we have our last scene with Derek, where he's trying to do what Ben says. He's trying to go all in. He looks in the mirror. And he's saying, here, piggy, piggy, yada, yada. And the curtain to his bathroom opens and he gets shot. And while it is not the uh, 
the actual urban legend. He just happened to have two robbers in his house and walked in at the wrong time. It's very sad for him because he dies. Yeah, I was so upset about that. It's very sudden also. Which is strange. Um, But yeah, so that's the end of Derek. And we go to Constance and Billy Dean who are chatting about Addie and she's like, I just really want to talk to her. And she's like, great, she's here. Let's do it. And she's telling her she's like, she is mad at you though because you didn't say any of these things while she was still alive because she's talking about how like much of a blessing she was and how beautiful mm-hmm. she was. And she even tells her she's like, you were my reason for living, which is all very sweet and all very true, but she, again, did not say a lot of these things while she was alive. Oh, yeah. And then Constance, it was, oh God, it was so heartbreaking. Constance said she was really proud of her and she's the most beautiful girl in the world. And as we can clearly tell, it's Addie because she says she's finally a pretty girl and she's thankful for not being trapped in the house with Tate. And so she's appreciative that Constance didn't get her to the lawn in time. But she said she's scared of Tate now that she knows the truth. Yeah. Which is so sad and upsetting. Um, but it is what it is. So then go back to Violet, who's now fine, um, I guess. She's going through Tate's bird book. Which we learned because she pulls out the um, yeah the library checkout card and it has Tate's name on it. He comes in and he starts telling her, he's like, oh yeah, I love birds. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he just like goes all out and starts like yeah. confessing his undying love to her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then of course, because she is a teenage girl, she forgives him. And she's like, great, I don't, let's cuddle. I don't know if it was forgiving. So I saw it as her because she knows the truth, because she knows he's dead, because she knows he's broken and she doesn't, she knows he doesn't have anyone else and he never can. She pities him. And I think a part of her does love him. I think a part of her does love him. And so it's hard because she doesn't love the truth and she doesn't know what to do, but she's like, she's stuck in this, this place of not, not really knowing what to do yeah which is fair and sad and he did save her life so like you know that's fine too if you're gonna forgive someone for killing everyone at least it's because they saved you i guess um and that's the end of the episode we have made it through kicking and screaming but we got there um so who who do you want to punch in the face? Um, I want to punch that guy who shot Derek for no fucking reason. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good call. That was just rude. He's like, he called me a picky. And it's like, no, that's absolutely not what happened. He doesn't even know you're there, obviously. Right. And he's just trying to get over his fears. And like, at that point, you had finally realized that he really wasn't like a crazy person. He or in the sense that like he wasn't one of our murder house people he was just a genuine patient trying to become a better version of him trying to make himself better and so he can live a normal life heartbreaking yeah i'm gonna punch ben there because he is not a great he's not Not a great therapist he is however whenever violet ran to him when she was upset she's like i'm so 
broken him so the worst and he was a good dad to her but no he was he that he was actually like a really really good dad in that moment yeah. i was like oh but i still want to punch him for yeah. all the other moments <laughs> yeah for sure so who's your mvp <laughs> wow what an episode to try to pick a good person though right. um I don't I don't know. I don't think any of them were really everyone sucks. Everyone sucks. Um everyone's motives are questionable. They make poor decisions. They're not I think it's hard because like and then there's certain people who have really good praiseworthy moments and then also really questionable moments. Like I want to pick Constance because like her yeah admitting her problems and her faults and her being trying to figure out if Violet is the right person to help take crossover and her talking to Addie and her trying to like process everything is like the best version of her we've ever seen but also what the fuck is she feeding raw meat to that looks like it may or may not be human to fucking um Vivian for like I don't so I, I'm completely stuck. I'm going to have to pick Derek because he's the only person who has no bad qualities in a whole episode. He's trying so hard to be he's a better version of himself. So Bless his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the best choice. He is the only non-problematic really person here. Um, I'm going to have to go with Billy Dean. You know, that was actually, Billy Dean was on my short list of people to pick when I was yeah. really trying to figure out what is happening. She's trying to help Constance out. She's trying to talk through Addie. She's trying to help Violet out. And we um, don't know if, if what she's trying to help Constance with is good or bad at this point. Sure. But but she is doesn't seem to be, other than being a little bit um, self-centered and uh, pretentious, yeah. she doesn't seem to really be a bad person. We, uh, we're we learning about Billy Dean still. We don't know a lot about her yet. So she's still in the green. Um, I'd give her like an orange. Um, I do have a bit of trivia for you. Fantastic. Um, the, Derek's bathroom was also the bathroom used in Beverly Hills 90210 for Brendan, uh, Brandon and Brenda. It was their Jack and Jill bathroom. You just don't see the other half of it. I love that. Fantastic. Um, Whenever Tate imitates shooting himself. Oh, yeah. It ended with the cops. There was a shootout and the cops killed Tate. Sorry. Yes. I didn't say that. Um, Yeah. So that happened. So in that moment when he imitates shooting himself, it was a direct reference to the 1976 film Taxi Driver. When uh, I think it was Robert De Niro's character came out of the, like, shootout and he did the same. Yeah. Yeah. the there was a goof the book there was a book on the cart when they put it in front of the door called the children's blizzard and it wasn't published until 2004 (laughs) and it was 1994 Um, and then some of the wounds from the people who were killed in the shooting were not the same when we saw them dead yeah um yeah so that's a that's an episode of american horror story and it only gets better from here Thank so, God. Stay tuned. Um, I did not look up what the next episode is, so let me do a little look a see if I can give you a little a little hintsy hint. Okay. Um, 
I mean, honestly, just the fact that it won't be about this is. Yeah. <laughs> Can guarantee it is a different episode than this one. Um, huh. I, I vaguely remember this episode. Okay. I vaguely remember this episode. So it's fine. It's a fine episode. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any hints for you because I don't remember enough about it. But we're going to get back to the, the selling of the house, trying to get it sold. Mm, okay. It's going back on the market. But yeah. All right. So uh, if you have thoughts, um, concerns, feelings, please yeah. email us, deathandaliens at gmail.com. Find us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can find me at cecloud13. And you can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And we will see you for Sci-Fi Sunday. I was like, what? This will be not quite June. Not quite June. We have one more. We have one more Sci-Fi Sunday before June. Correct. So we'll see you for that one. It's going to be good. We're going to have a great time. And everyone else have a great time. And I hope you're all doing well. We love you. And we'll see you. Bye. Bye.